What's up, my Housewives Relatable listeners? It's your girl, Stella, coming to you once again to talk about it all. Hi, guys. I hope everyone is having a beautiful Wednesday. We have a lot to cover right now today. So we're going to get into the GC real quick and real deep. And I also wanted to let you guys know that um, make sure that you stick uh, until the end of this episode because I'm going to bring a new theory, uh, something that I just found uh, fi- found out about online. And I think it was interesting because uh, we heard a lot of different narratives out there. And uh, it's always important for me to explore both sides of the coins or all the sides. So, um, you know, it's about Dina Kenton. So I, I just wanted to get, let you guys know, stick until the end to listen to uh, the theory and give me your thoughts on this. You know, let me know in the comments. You guys are so good at always letting me know what you think of my videos on YouTube. Um, you interact a lot in the comments with me. Uh, it doesn't matter if we agree or if we don't, as long as everyone is respectful, there's no issues there. Okay. So we're going to get right into it guys. Okay. So I don't know if you have heard of Louis news, new business venture. We're going to get right into it guys. Like as always, we get into the housewife keeping items, or should I say in this case, house husband keeping items. So Louis Ruelas, Teresa Judice's husband is, um, launching like a pet insurance uh, business at this point. Right. So, um, I went on the website, I think it's called pet priority. Um, you know, when you land on the main page, it's asking you if you have a dog, if you're a dog owner or a cat owner. But when I, when I went to press on either or nothing really happened. So I don't know if it's really active yet and it's just a page for now, but this is what Louis had to say. I'm going to paraphrase a bit. He said, we are trailed to announce the phase one launch of pet priority. Um, basically it's a pet insurance, um, matching service dedicated to finding comprehensive coverage for your cherished animals. And, uh, our mission is simple to prioritize the health and well-being of your furry family members. So as you know, Louis has, um, like a lot of dogs, I can't believe if he has three or four, but Teresa brought some dogs, like little puppies uh, of her own. And then Louis has kind of like bigger dogs, right? So definitely, I guess a dog lover, but, um, I thought that that, that was interesting. And, uh, and I will tell you guys why this is just my opinion, but, um, you know, I thought that that was an interesting business venture and at the same time, kind of like maybe like a smart move to revamp a certain uh, person's image. And I will tell you why, because it's been in the media that um, actually one person that has extensively talked about this uh, was Kim D. You know, she talked about um, the German shepherds on Teresa's property and what happened to them. I covered a little bit of that in my last um, episode last week. So you can find some videos on YouTube regarding the matter. But as you guys know, Kim D is a dog rescuer and a dog lover and a lot of people are dog lovers. So um, she did make a big deal about that at some point in time. And and she um, alleged that she knew 
what happened to Teresa's dogs on her property. And um, she kind of alluded to the fact that she may have let the dogs die on the property. And, um, you know, some of the video videos of her saying that when she was on the other podcast with her former co-host are still available on YouTube. So um, just to make a long story short, I'm wondering if Louis' um, new business venture has to do with trying to revamp maybe Teresa's image when it comes to that, right? Because, you know, if you type into Google Teresa dog or not necessarily Google or your favorite search engine, the story about the dogs or the gossip about the dog might come up, right? So I think it's a good way to start a business, like an insurance business for Louis uh, in the pet care or pet insurance industry and to have some of that negative gossip go away. I think it's a, if it's that, right, that's my opinion, guys. I think that that, that could be like a smart move, a little bit like Candy, you know, you know, Candy Burris, when that whole thing with Portia and Phaedra and the, the allegations that, you know, the what Phaedra like the lie right what Phaedra said that oh Candy you know we heard through the grapevine that she was trying to get with you and in which way whatever and then after that they were talking about the whole dungeon thing you know what Candy did after that right because a lot of people were talking about Candy having a sex dungeon in her home so she started the dungeon tour right and she had a tour with a whole bunch of people and she even included some of the housewives and uh you know she turned something negative into something fun so i think she even said that you know she said it was kind of like a smart business like a calculated business move on her part so that when people would google candy dungeon instead of the negative gossip appearing on google it would have to do with something um you know pause like positive like her tour and she's actually making money from it right so i just thought i would share that with you guys because i thought that that was very interesting happy anniversary thank you I've been wanting lab-grown diamonds. Uh, let's see. Open wanting up. diamonds Open from up. them. Open up. What color? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're heart-shaped diamonds. I've been wanting heart-shaped diamonds, babe, because our theme at our wedding was hard. Yes. Oh, my God. I've been wanting lab-grown diamonds. Texas. They're beautiful. Oh, my God. Thank you. Put one on. I love, love, love them. I'm going to wear them. Okay, guys, uh, the reason why I play that little video for you is because, as you know, it was Louis and Teresa's uh, wedding anniversary, their first year. I believe they got married sometime in August last year. Don't quote me on that. I don't have the exact date, but I know it's been around a year that they've been married. So this little clip has been circulating all over social media. So it's basically, you know, Louis, he, 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 he likes to do these grand, you know, these grand scenarios for Teresa, right? He's um, walking into the kitchen. Teresa's sitting down. She's waiting for him. It's like the, the perfect scene, right? And then in walks Louis with like a box, like a black box, and gives Teresa those heart-shaped lab-grown earring from Diamonds Nexus. So 
the reason why I thought that this was funny and I wanted to share this with you guys is because uh, first I'm going to backtrack. Um, Teresa and Melissa have a podcast, Namaste Bitches, and uh, they used to be on Podcast One, I believe. And recently they have um, changed on a different platform. They're, they've, they're migra- they have migrated to uh, Herdat, I believe. And Teresa, a couple of episodes ago, she was saying, oh, guys, you know, it's not the rumor. Like, you you guys are talking about rumors. We, we didn't get dropped. Uh, it's not it's not something like that. It's just because, you know, we had a different vision for our podcast. We wanted to have, like, live calls. We wanted to be able to see our listeners and interact with them. So we made the choice to leave. Um, don't listen to the rumors out there. So that's basically what Teresa said, right? It does not negate the fact that there are still rumors out there. Some people have speculated about the whole Sofia Vergara thing. Like some people have alluded to their podcast dropping her or dropping them because of the joke that she made and the accent. They thought that maybe it wasn't very kosher and they like that and decided to severed relationships. So that was one gossip out there. Um, but there's another person, another podcaster who recently, a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember if it was two weeks or three weeks, but recently, um, he said on the podcast with Kim D, Kim D was on that podcast. So you know which podcast I'm talking about. (laughs) So he said that he had heard a rumor and, uh, the rumor was that, um, Teresa wanted to, like, she was inquiring about the fact that she, they were not getting a lot of sponsors, right? She was kind of like, where are the sponsors, right? And um, apparently they got back to her and said that, you know what, we're having difficulty um, getting you sponsors for the, 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 the sole reason that some companies do not feel comfortable being affiliated with you because of your history and the stint that you did in prison. So that's a rumor out there, right? I don't know if it's true. I'm just repeating it. Um, But uh, yeah, I thought that was a little sad because, you know, it was so long ago. So um, I'm I'm sure that if this is true and there's no way for us to know if it is or if it's not or if Teresa will ever come out and tell us about that, I don't think so. (laughs) But I thought that um, she would probably feel upset if that was the case uh, by something like that. But um, The reason why I thought of um, this rumor when I saw that clip, you know, I felt like, doesn't it feel like, um, like an ad to you or like something like, like almost like a commercial, like the way that Teresa is shouting out the company, like constantly, she's like, I always wanted lab grown diamonds from Diamond Nexus, right? I always wanted lab grown. (laughs) She kept on saying that over and over. And I was thinking, is that real? Are they looking maybe for a sponsor or something? You know, because at the end of the day, like there's nothing wrong with wanting like lab grown diamonds. Some people have like a little bit more of a, you know, like social, you know, they're, they're kind of like thinking about the earth and that kind of stuff, which is good. It's a good thing. Right. Um, so the fact that Teresa kept on saying that this is something that she really wanted, I was a little surprised because, you know, we, we tend to think of her as like a very, you know, flashy, luxurious woman and all of that, you know, like she likes her diamonds. She always asked Joe Judice for diamonds. You know, she had her yellow sapphire and all that stuff, right? So considering that lab-grown diamonds, although they are beautiful, they do retain approximately 30 to 50% of 
you know, less value than a natural diamond. So I thought that, that was a little bit um, interesting when, when it comes to Teresa in particular, right? But um, maybe, maybe she was um, looking for a sponsor. It's possible. She's maybe shouting them out because maybe she wants a partnership, like a sponsor for her podcast. So I just thought I would share this little piece of gossip with you guys because it's, it's a little funny. Okay, so a couple more things about Namaste Bitch. Namaste Bitches, and I'm just going to move on. Um, last week, you know, Teresa and Melissa had um, this guy named Eddie. He was like their first guest. I believe he has a podcast or he's active on social media. Can't remember the name of the podcast, but I know his name was Eddie. Anyways, he was very excited to be on the pod, and he was just like, Teresa. I'm a big supporter of yours and I've been following you for all of this time and I love you, right? So uh, eventually he said, I was born in Spain because Teresa said to him, I love like the way you speak. I love your accent, right? <laughs> and I thought that, that was interesting again because obviously she got some backlash a few weeks ago for making fun of Sofia Vergara's accent. And then now she's like saying to this guy, oh, I love the way you speak. You know, it's so suave. I love it. Like, where are you from? Right. So then the guy goes and he says, um, I was born in Spain and I was raised in New Jersey. So then Teresa says to him, oh, my gosh, you are like my husband. You know, my husband is Spanish, too. And you're Latino. Right. Love it. Like, I love Latinos. So then I had to. I had to laugh a little bit, right? And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Teresa had any intention when she said it. I think it was a real Teresa moment where she, like it just went over her head, right? So I'm just making a little fun. I'm poking a little fun at her here, but I just wanted to say that I think it's time for Teresa to just maybe sit down with Louis and have a conversation between the difference, right? Because there is a difference. Spanish people from Spain are not considered Latino and vice versa. Like Latino people speak Spanish, but they are not Spanish right now i don't know anything about eddie's background i don't know where his parents are from it's very possible that his parents may be latino and he was just born in spain or he could be born in spain from spanish parents which would make him spanish right so i just thought it was funny because lately teresa has been putting her foot in her mouth and nobody has said anything on the pod like nobody said oh, actually you know he's not like you know if he's born in spain you know, he would be Spanish, not Latino, right? So anyway, so I just wanted to say that, Teresa, no shade, or maybe a little shade, actually. <laughs> and another thing that happened today, that was last week, but another thing that happened today that I thought was a little funny, they, after Lindsay, they had another guy that was a guest and he came on to ask a question. I can't remember the name of the caller or the, the guest, but um, anyways, he was very excited to be there too. And they were excited to have him. So to make a long story short, the guy makes a comment about having a shot ski at home, like that someone gifted him that says, um, what does it say? Like, anyways, like something that Teresa said, like it's like one of Teresa's catchphrase at, on the front and something else at the back, right? 
But, you know, those people, they're coming in and they technically have two minutes to kind of like talk and ask a question to Teresa or to Melissa. But then as soon as you said this about the Shotsky, the whole conversation, like Melissa, she was extremely, extremely excited. And she just kept on talking about the Shotsky and talking about what they're going to do at their event because Teresa and Melissa are having a live podcast event on October 5th, I believe, in New Jersey, right after Melissa's fashion show, by the way, Melissa is having her event on October 4th, and Teresa will have hers on October 5th. So anyways, um, you know, the conversation, like the whole minute, the whole two minutes, it was done. It was like up, right? They were just talking about having the Shutsky at their event. And then the guy never got a chance to ask his question. And I was just like thinking, you know what? They're still new at this. Obviously it's just their second week, like doing like live calls or like with guests and all of that. So we're going to, you know, be nice and just, you know, cut them some slack a little bit. But I would like for them to stop interrupting their guests. You know, like that drives me nuts when people are trying to talk and ask their questions and they've been waiting for so long. This is their moment, their opportunity to ask what they want to ask to uh, the celebrity or to the TV personality. And I just felt like not that it mattered to the guy because he was probably just happy to just be sitting there and having a conversation with Teresa and Melissa. But for me as the listener, I was just like, please stop talking. Let the guy ask his questions. (laughs) I just thought I would share that with you guys. Okay, guys, I thought I would just touch on that um, very quickly because recently Amber was on another podcast and you know that interview I already shared my opinion on it last week but it was interesting to me because I wanted to just bring this to your attention guys because Amber was on the podcast and she basically explained um she she talked about her experience when she was on the show how things transpired for her and all of that and um she also said like I think one of the one of the ladies asked um, Amber about Bobby, right? And they asked her if uh, Jim had rekindled his uh, friendship with uh, Bobby. And then Amber's response was something around the lines that Jim is very Sicilian that way, that those are her words, not mine. Um, you know, when he's done with somebody, he's completely done. They have never talked. Um, nor does he ever wanted to, you know, rekindle a friendship with him and that kind of stuff, right? So anyways, um, at, at first I didn't really think anything of it, but I, I started to think about Bobby a little bit and I was just like, you know what, let me see if there's anything out there about Bobby. So um, Bobby was uh, on the show um, a few years ago, like a lot of years ago, actually. And it does it, I think he's an actor now. I think he does a little bit of acting. But um, there's not much about Bob. Bobby. He seems to be just living a completely quiet life. But uh, I was able to find an interview with Bobby from eight years ago that is available online. I will post the link in uh, the description so you guys can have access to the interview. But it was very interesting because it's about 57 minutes and Bobby in that video, he talks and he gives his side of the story 
and it was eight years ago. So chances are uh, his side is probably closer to, uh, I don't want to say the truth, although that's the name of the video. It's called the truth in all caps, right? But eight years ago, I would say that, you know, his memory or his recollection of events were are probably cl closer to what happened like to the reality of things, right? Because Amber, you know, she's eight years later talking about it with like on that podcast. But Bobby, he did an interview shortly after his time on uh, Housewives to kind of just set the record straight, right? So what I find interesting is that he did say um, at some point in time that Amber approached him to make up with Jim, right? That Jim was basically open to making up with Bobby as long as Bobby would be the one trying to um, iron things out and just, you know, just kind of like take the initiative, right? So Amber approached Bobby to um, make amends with, with Jim and Bobby is the, he was the one at the time that said no, that he was not ready that he did not want to make amends with him because of everything that had transpired. So I thought that that was interesting and definitely a detail that Amber left out in the interview on that podcast a few weeks ago. Another thing that I did not know and I thought was interesting was um, how it all came about, right? So basically uh, he kind of explains um, Bobby because you have to remember Bobby, Jim and Amber were like very close. Like they were close friends before the show. And um, so that was not fake. That was not a fake storyline. But Bob Bobby says that um, Amber was trying to get into acting that, um, you know, she was trying to become an actress. And I think Amber sort of like touched on that a little bit, right? But I can't really recall. And then he says that um, eventually, you know, they were trying for housewife and all of that. And, you know, when you do housewife, you need to have a group of people that you are filming with. So I think Amber, again, she talked about that on that podcast and she kind of touched on that as well, right? But then what I thought was really interesting um, that I did not know about was that at some point in time, you know, like Amber didn't really know uh, Nicole and Teresa, but they called Bobby and they said, Bobby, we need you to kind of be part of this, right? Because we need to film with people. We need to have a group of friends, right? So I think they were not necessarily interested in Amber's friends that she had, uh, like on her side. So they were kind of like production was kind of like, you know, we need to find more interesting people, more interesting people. Like your people are not interesting kind of thing. Right. So then Bobby was like, well, listen, you want interesting. I have interesting. Like there's these two girls, they're twins. Um, uh, one is married. One is not like one is divorced. And I always had a crush on, on, on the divorced one. Right. So I see her, like we talk casually, like she's at the Dunkin' Donut and all of that stuff. And we talk from time to time. I could ask them, you know, because if you want interesting, they have like this spitfire personality, larger than life personality. You know, they have that style. They're very Jersey. They're funny. You know, you want personality like twins, right? Like those are the girls, right? Let me try to 
hook them up and talk to them and see if they would be interested. So apparently Bobby was the guy who contacted Nicole and said, you're probably going to think that I'm crazy and you're probably right, but we have the opportunity to be on a reality show and they're looking for people to film with. And we thought that you and your sister would be a great fit. What do you think? Right. After some consideration, I guess, um, they were kind of like open, the twins, they were open to the idea. So they met up with, um, Amber, with Jim and Bobby, and then they kind of had like a meeting as to, you know, what their storyline or connection to each other would be. Right. So I thought that that was kind of like an interesting bit. But then one thing that uh, Bobby said in that interview is that I don't know if Jim slept on it, but I guess after meeting the twins, he probably, that's Bobby, right? Bobby's saying that. Maybe Jim started to feel a little insecure um, about the twins' personality um, versus his wife right? Because again, the, the twins, they have like a big, big, big personality. They're larger than life. And then he was probably thinking, well, hold on a second. Like Amber is supposed to be the one getting this role on Housewives. I don't know if she knew if it would, yeah, she knew it was Housewife at that point, I think. But anyways, she's the one who's supposed to have the opportunity, the, the opportunity on this big hit reality TV show. And now we're bringing those two personalities that are not even like considered at this point. What if production says, oh my gosh, we got to have the twins. They are hilarious. They are funny. They are beautiful. They are so Jersey. We need to have them. Forget about Amber, right? So Jim, you have to remember, I think Jim is kind of like involved in some sort of like, I don't know, like he said, did he pass the bar or he's some sort of like attorney or lawyer? I'm not sure. But anyways, he's in that line of business. So he probably has like a very anal analytical mind or he's probably a lot of a thinker, right? I would assume. So he was probably thinking, well, you know, I feel a little threatened because my wife is supposed to get this gig. What if they end up getting the gig? So Jim ended up um, giving them the twins and Bobby a non-disclosure agreement. Like, According to what Bobby said in that interview, he gave them forms to, to sign an NDA. So basically they were not to, like they were to never talk about the opportunity, the housewife opportunity and the, the meeting that they just had, right? So it was kind of like if Ember got the gig, then okay, they would automatically get the gig too because, you know, they would film with them. But if Ember did not, get the gig they were not allowed to speak about the whole opportunity when it came to housewives so i thought that that was very 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 interesting and uh, again i will drop that link in the description in the comments just so you guys can see or, and listen to the interview and um another thing that they shared because obviously amber's um version of events when it comes to being attacked at um bobby's house you know, Amber and Jim uh, were and are still probably under the impression that it was a setup and that, you know, the man or maybe Bobby was included in the setup. What Bobby was trying to explain during that interview is that he was never included in the setup, that in fact, he never knew that this was supposed to go down. He just knew that, you know, production 
kind of alluded to the fact that the ladies needed to talk it out downstairs and hash things out. And um, he, he, he kind of made a good point. He says that the way that production does it, they, they don't really want the men involved when the women are talking right because the men they will you know their voice will overpower everything and then we'll just we'll just hear the men we won't hear the women so what production does behind the scenes they basically say to the men hey why don't you take joe gorga and why don't you take reno and why don't you take joe judice and you guys go for a hike in your house right why don't you just go and show them the house right and then bobby makes like a valid point he says this is my home and i'm hosting a party and the party is obviously downstairs in the basement it just started am i really gonna like you know if this was if this was real like would i just be like grabbing people and just be like hey you know it sounds like a good time to go and just you know for a tour of my house right i would never do that i would stay at the party i would do that maybe a little bit later but the reason why we left is because production was telling us um you know you guys kind of need to exit to the left so the girls can have their conversation without the involvement from the men right so anyways, it was a very good interview. I will share it in the description. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, I always like to hear what you have to say in the comments. Okay, guys, I thought it would be fun if we played a little game called the deposition. And uh, basically, I just kind of came up with that idea. On the tale of everything that had transpired last week with the friend, with the podcast Divorce, and you guys know it's been live in the comments on YouTube. You have commented, shared your opinions, um, you know, your sentiment, how you felt about certain things. And, you know, again, I like to say I can't I can't say it enough. We don't all have to agree. Uh, I appreciate all of the comments that you are leaving under there as long as they are respectful um for my part when it comes to that whole situation um i i guess i can see what people are saying because i i had those feelings myself and it's not to say you know i'm not actually trying to kick anybody while they're down because i'm sure he is a little down right now too right um there's probably um you know he's getting a lot of like backlash for the allegations that he was not necessarily paying Kim D and all of that and you know how he has been talking about people or two people over the years and all of that so you know if one thing uh, the only thing that I can hope um, is for the both of them to have like some sort of resolution when it comes to all of that I don't know if it's over if it's dead if it's like you're dead to me now but um, I think it's sad I, I have to admit like I think it's sad um, that they had such a close relationship and then now they're basically not on speaking terms at all and it's basically, you know, shot fires, fired at each other, right, constantly. So anyways, but if one thing that I could say is that, you know, maybe it's a good opportunity to just kind of like, you know, step back and just, I don't know, do some soul searching and just be like, okay, maybe there, those are the things that I could potentially change about myself or when it comes to like, you know, insulting or just sounding a little demeaning or just like condescending, maybe can I change these things about myself? Is it like, is any of it true? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, but it, I think it's, um, it's, uh, unfortunate, unfortunate that, you know, things have ended in that manner. But anyways, when it comes to the whole um, 
Kim D and the, the podcast divorce, um, you know, now Kim D, she has come out and said that she is starting her new podcast on a Patreon. And I believe it's supposed to launch at some point in time in September. I think September 9th, she said, if I recall correctly. So Kim D was on a former podcast and she has shared a lot of information on there, right? There's videos, there's audios, there's like a lot of information. So I thought it would be interesting to just uh, come up with some, like a game. And that's the name of my game. I call it the deposition. And since there is evidence, <laughs> evidence of Kim saying certain things, I have questions, right? And this is not meant in any way, shape or form to um, be shady towards Kim or anything like that, or I don't want people to start like drama between me and her. I've said it many times. If you are a regular on this podcast, I've said that I actually like Kim D. So, but because I like her, it doesn't mean that I don't have questions. And it's totally okay if she um, has changed her mind at some point in time. But I, you know, I'm a person who likes to understand the process. You know, I'm like a pro a process person. Like you, you have to build the story for me. Like I love a good story, right? It's okay how you feel. You're entitled to your feelings. You can feel like this today and you can feel like that the other day. The only thing that matters to me is the process, right? How did you get there? So I have a few questions for Kim because I heard she will be answering a lot of questions uh, on her Patreon when it comes to what happened with that podcast that she was formerly on. And um, I don't know if it happens to you guys, but sometimes like people come and they do interviews or they speak about something. You're like, oh my gosh, I really hope that they're going to talk about this, but they don't. And then you're like, shit. I, I wish they asked that question or I wish I, we got that answer. So it's just like something that I'm putting out there. Like you guys feel free. You can, you know, share, copy, um, tag. Um, but I think it would be super fun to do that and just to have answers to some of these questions. So it's not meant to be shady. We're going to start light. And then there's going to be obviously some questions that are a little bit more sticky that are also backed up by um, some audio clips that Kim had said in the past, just so we get a good understanding of um, what she meant when she said certain things and what's her, um, what's her thought on some of these things today, right? So, okay, so a video was posted approximately four weeks ago on YouTube um, and it was Kim D um, addressing something with the listeners on the former podcast. So I'm just going to play the little audio clip for you guys just so you can have an understanding of what Kim was talking about and then I'm just going to follow up with the question that I have. Okay, so here it is. <clears throat> that that makes me nasty um oh, oh. you've been so very testy i'm getting dm saying that why is david testy david and i kibitz we tease each other david would never disrespect me and i would never disrespect david we love to agree to disagree we are both sometimes we're full-blown on the same page and sometimes we're not we're good enough friends that we can test each other and and laugh at each other but i don't expect david 
to do anything but be David. And he doesn't expect me to be anything but me. And we're allowed to go at each other a little bit because we do disagree. But that doesn't mean we're disrespecting each other. David would never do that, nor would I. So I guess the question that I had for uh, Kim D was, uh, you know, that video was posted approximately four weeks ago, like I said before, and I just wanted to know because she is insisting in that video that David did, does not disrespect her because um, viewers or listeners were noticing that David were, you know, even myself, like being snippy at times with Kim D. But Kim D felt the need to come on the podcast and say, you know what, this is how people feel, but me and David have a mutual understanding. We get each other. We don't agree all the time. We mostly agree than disagree, but we do disagree at times. And, uh, I don't feel like he's being disrespectful towards me. And, um, you know, we're close friends and close friends and we can tell each other these types of things. So, you know, Kim D must have been receiving quite a few DMs or private messages or seeing comments from people um, stating the opposite or observing the opposite for her to feel the need to come on and to actually say that on the podcast. So I'm wondering was it something that Kim did on her own accord? Is it something that she did because she truly felt that way for four weeks ago? Or I don't know, is it something that, you know, maybe David, he could have said to her, like, and I'm just speculating here, guys, he could have said to her, hey, we're getting a lot of negative comments from people thinking that I'm being hard on you. Uh, do you mind just making a comment on like coming on and on the podcast and just addressing that because people feel like I'm not being nice to you? That could be another theory, right? But basically, I guess my question is, I would like to know what happened from the time that Kim D, you know, they posted that video four weeks ago, what happened between her and David for her to feel completely different um, from what she said, right? Like four weeks ago, basically, right? So when she made that comment, did something happen afterwards, you know? So from four weeks ago until now, basically. So that's a question that I would have for Kim. I talk about other things the other yes. day, but go yes. on. Um, no, someone, there's someone that has their own little gig going on on Instagram and they put up, who cares about Kim D, street guys and all that stuff. Let me explain to that person, because I don't, they were so insignificant, I didn't pay attention, but I did write, because they thought it was really funny that they don't care what my street guys say and they don't care about this so here's the thing about David and I whatever you don't care about that's great but you pay to listen you pay to listen on Saturday so if you don't like my commentary about my street guys who are my friends I there's a reason why I say that if you don't get it okay if you don't get it and you don't want to listen don't listen to me they were talking about David's voice they were talking about I think David has a great place. He's a great interviewer. So, like, you're, uh, ignorance. It's just, like, you. it's one thing if, like, you were on an elevator and you had to listen to us going up and down. I get that. But you pay to listen. And then you say, I don't want to hear about the street guys. Then don't listen. Because for every one of you who don't like it, there's another thousand that do. Okay? David's numbers are growing. 
My numbers are growing. My Stop. numbers are bigger than ever. I mean, I don't, exactly. I don't know what's, what's going care. on over here. I mean, I use one fucking C word against Malaya. I think it's more than that, though, David. I think it's more than that. Okay, so I'm really sorry if the audio clip is not the clearest here, but I'm just going to reiterate what the question, um, what the recording said. So basically, um, Kim D, again, she is making a comment about, I guess some people were being annoyed of her referencing her street guys or the guys that she knows on the street, like, you know, the wise guys and all (laughs) all of that. So I guess people said at some point in time, um, we don't care about what Kim D has to say and her street guys stories, right? So you know, to make a long story short, Kim is saying, guys, you are paying to listen to us. Okay. This is my commentary. You guys pay to listen on the Patreon every Saturday. You pay to listen. So you hear her say that very clearly on the audio clip. And then she also, um, you know, make a reference to David's number numbers. And she's saying that David's uh, numbers on the Patreon are growing. And she's saying that her numbers are growing as well. So she's probably talking about her social media and her Instagram account and all of that, because, you know, obviously she's gaining followers from doing the podcast religiously with uh, David as well. Right. So I guess the question that I have for Kim D, um, because Kim said last week that, you know, she didn't really have any idea how much um, David was making uh, from the Patreon, which I believe, like, I believe that Kim is not uh, computer savvy like that. So that's fine. But she is aware that, you know, he has a Patreon and that people pay a certain amount of money um, to be there and to listen to the content there. So that she knows, she just doesn't know how much, right? So that I believe. But, um, I guess the question that I have for Kim, because that interview wasn't that long ago, right? Uh, that video on YouTube, it was like a few months ago she said that. So why didn't Kim, after she did that interview, that video, and I don't know, like I'm just speculating, I don't know if she she may have had that conversation with David right then and there, right? But for me, since she's the one who brought it up and said, You know, our numbers are growing and you guys, our listeners, are paying to listen to our commentary and our content. My question for Kim would be, did you or did you not ask David at that point what the numbers were on the Patreon? Because to me, it sounds like it would go hand in hand. It's like, if you know that the numbers are growing and if you know that people are paying, I would be like, hey, by the way, David, between you and I, what are the numbers? How much are you making? How many listeners tune in just for um, my commentary on Saturdays? Because, you know, he does other interviews as well, not just with Kim, but Kim, he has, he had, well, they had like a dedicated segment together every Saturday together, right? So it's a legitimate question to ask at that point. Um, Yes, you're always kind of like, boasting about having such high numbers and people subscribing and people wanting to be part of the Patreon. So what is the number now? How much are you making? What is going to be my percentage? How much am I supposed like, you know what I mean? Like those seems like fair questions to ask. So I just want to know if that did happen and if it didn't, why, why didn't that, why didn't that happen at that point? Right? Because it wasn't her on her mind. Definitely. 
Okay, so there's an article that came out back in um, March 2022 on Showbiz Cheat Sheet. And uh, basically the, 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 the title of this article was R-H-O-N-J, Jennifer Aiden told Dolores in secret phone call, our real friendship is over. Okay, and then it says Jennifer Aiden had a secret phone call with Dolores Catania and said, We will fake our friendship for RHONJ, but our friendship in real life is over. Okay, so the reason why I have a question uh, for Kim when it comes to that is uh, that exclusive interview was given by no one other than Kim D herself, and she's the one who brought up to life the whole secret phone call between the two ladies now granted i know it happened back in march of 2022 we are now in august of 2023 a year later almost in september but um the question that i have and the reason why i have this question kim is because this past season um season 13 margaret even made a comment it was at the the coffee reading um party you know you know at paul's house paulie's house they were on um, the balcony and all the ladies were sitting down and then at some point in time i think it was melissa melissa asked i have a question why is dolores why are dolores and jennifer hosting this party together because the last we checked you guys couldn't like you guys had a falling out you know you were upset at each other. You were not really on speaking terms. So how do you guys plan a party together if you can't really stand each other kind of thing, right? So they decided to, um, you know, Dolores and Jennifer said, oh, we met, we had lunch, and then we kind of buried the hatchet, and we're good now, and everything's fine. But then we see Margaret kind of like rolling her eyes, and she goes into the confessional, and she's like, oh, you know, I guess, you know, they have, excuse me, just decided to, let bygones be bygones but at the end of the day let's be honest dolores she really doesn't like jennifer she can't stand her that's margaret saying that right which i believe to be honest that um that's just my my own opinion i believe that margaret is onto something when she's saying that because i have the same feeling as well even when Dolores and Jennifer sat down uh, for lunch and just kind of like, you know, just have like an adult conversation and just decide to just be like, okay, let's just be good about this and just let, let's squash, squash this beef. Uh, if you really observe, like if you're looking at Dolores is nonverbal, like she is there, she is present at the meeting, but she doesn't really look like she likes Jennifer too much. Even though she's not saying anything nice, uh, mean to her, she doesn't seem like somebody who actually likes her genuinely, right? Right. She's just kind of like doing it for the show. Like, you know, she's like, OK, yeah, well, I'm going to make up with you. But it's really just for the show. It's not because I th this is not because I truly feel that way. That's the impression that it she gave me anyways. Right. So I want to know if Kim D thinks that Dolores and and uh, Jennifer Aiden today are real friends. So last week I brought up to you guys um, that, well, I think that you guys knew this already, but I re reiterated that uh, Kim D and Vanessa had a friendship relationship that Vanessa uh, walked in Kim D's fashion show back in 2021. So my question for Kim is, um, 
do you have a relationship with Vanessa Riser um, at this point in time? And if not, why? When Teresa, you know, she did a podcast, she said some things about your business, it pissed you off. Some people, we're not going to regurgitate that because she was really hot under the collar. Up, but before that, we had such hope. Like, I had such hope. We did. Like, I, like, Ken, is there any chance? I, I really want, it doesn't, don't we want Kim and Teresa to reconcile? Oh, everybody does. I know, everybody does. I do. I well, really you know, do. I, I'm not the type of person no. who would say no. I don't know. No. I, I'm not the type of person who would say no. It wouldn't be real. It wouldn't she be real. She reconciled with Jacqueline. That seems semi-real. Yeah, yeah, it seems real. But with me, um, you know, she's it's she thinks that I did something to her when she did something to me. Like she has to get with the program. Gotta get with the program. What happens? Know? People are asking what happens. Okay, well, what happened was Teresa and I were very, very close. Teresa used to call me 17 times a day. I'm not kidding. 17 times a day. My friend from high school came in from Florida. Every time the phone rang, my friend would go, what the hell is going on? 15 times. Kristen and I went and did her closet for her. We were good friends. No money, no show. Had nothing to do with that. I was the one with the money. I had the multi-million uh, worth. Her boyfriend $300 million. Dollars. Not 100. 300. Okay. Excuse I'm me. the one with the guy. She loved. I had the private jets. We had everything. Okay. But I never, ever said it, did it, flaunted. She loved the life I was leading. She had all her little kitties. She would come shopping. I would give her my clothes. I would give her my shoes. Okay, this is when I first met her. Kristen is here to... So now she has an issue with the green pageant dress, and they all turned against her. Do you remember that? Caroline Manzo, Jacqueline. Nobody was talking to Teresa except for me. And Kristen and I went to Portobello. And Melissa and all of them, Kathy, Wakili, Jacqueline came to me and said, Teresa's talking behind your back. And you're a very good friend. My mother was there. Um, Teresa's talking behind your back. She don't just want to film with you. She's, she wants to make up with everyone, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. I get drunk. I go home. Kristen saw. I called up Teresa. I screamed and yelled. Teresa denied. Left it alone. But it was always in the back of my head. Teresa finally goes after this reunion, after the green pageant test, and they make the deal with the devil. Teresa and the Gorgas decide for filming they're going to make up. But guess who's out? I'm out. Okay, so I guess the question that I have when it comes to this audio clip is, and we're going to take Melissa out of the equation because we already know that Kim D does not have a relationship with Melissa Gorga, right? And we're going to take Kathy Wakili out of the equation as well because Kathy is not on the show and Kathy does not have a relationship with Melissa at this point, only with Kim D. So, um, so I guess it only leaves Jacqueline, right? Because in that audio clip, Kim D says that um, Jacqueline, Melissa, and Kathy, but again, we're not going to talk about Melissa or Kathy. We're just going to talk about Jacqueline. So Jacqueline said uh, to Kim D with the other ladies um, that Teresa was talking behind Kim D's back. Okay. So my question to Kim is, since Jacqueline and the other ladies, but let's speak specifically about Jacqueline, since Jacqueline had something to do with the falling out between Kim D and Teresa, and now that Jacqueline has reconciled with Teresa, 
Is it possible that maybe Jacqueline feels guilty that she has played some sort of a role in the demise of their friendship and might be trying really hard to put Teresa and Kim back together, aka potentially be behind the spoofing? Because last week Kim said that um, someone called her phone and that person was, you know, the phone, the phone number was Teresa. And then someone also called Melissa's, uh, I'm sorry, Teresa's phone. And the number on Teresa's phone was Kim D. So there was like a spoof call going on between the two of them. Right. But, um, Kim also said, whoever did this, they did, they did us a favor because it broke the ice. Right. And, I don't know why, like, I know like the easy answer would be like, oh, of course it's like probably Louie, right? Like last week when I was talking about that, I was talking about the reunion, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Louie is the one who would want to, um, necessarily do that. Right. At this point, I, I'm not really sure because, you know, Kim D has said quite a few things that were not so nice about Louis. So I don't know if he would be like really going really hard to have Teresa and Kim D reconcile, but we never know. But, um, I'm just wondering, right. If it, is it possible that it might be Jacqueline? Jacqueline behind the spoof calls and like trying to break the ice and have the ladies just kind of have like a chat in that way. And I have a reason for saying this and I'll get back to, th to that at the end of uh, this episode. Okay. Because it ties up into the whole thing that I want to bring up about Dina. Okay. So I want to know, does Kim D think that the person who did the spoofing, could it be Jacqueline Lorita? I just have like a question because at some point in time, um, there was something in the press, like it was all over the blogs and <clears throat> all over the podcast. And Kim D herself also talked about this, um, on her former podcast and said that, um, when Teresa had her, uh, bridal shower party, that Melissa, um, was uh, being escorted, escorted out of the party. Okay. So I want to know, cause clearly last season we saw the whole bridal party. We saw that Melissa was there, that she was not acknowledged by Teresa. Um, and, uh, you know, she was excluded out of the toast, right? So we do see that, but we, we also see that Melissa was very present and there was no, uh, arguments between her or Teresa. Um, Melissa did not appear to be causing any scene at all at the bridal party. So, um, Kim D spoke about that and said that she had heard from like a source, um, that Melissa got escorted out of the party. So, um, I, I would like to know where did she get that information from? Because clearly that's not what transpired last season. So I understand rumors and gossip. But, you know, we know that Kim D has kind of like connections to the show. So is it something that she was like just reporting on based on what was already out there? Or was that something that was communicated to her by someone that is close to the cast or someone that was on the cast? I don't know if Kim D would have the answer to that question, but that's something that I would like to know. Um, are Teresa and her former trainer, Nico Pipas or Greco Pipas, are they still friends? And the reason why I'm asking this is because, um, 
well, we, we did see Nicole at um, the bridal party and then she had like this little conversation with Melissa where she said to Melissa, um, you know, you should acknowledge your sister-in-law. It's important and all of that. And I don't think, in my mind, I don't think that Nicole said anything wrong um, to Melissa at that point. Uh, it's not even a matter of liking her or not liking her. I just think that she was, um, you know, just being like a, like a nice, kind kind-hearted individual and you know that's what real compassion is all about right because even though she writes for Ter Teresa she still felt bad for Melissa and there's nothing wrong with that but we know that sometimes things like that can annoy Teresa a little bit especially if they're shown on TV but after that I thought that you know what maybe Teresa didn't care because then it was her birthday on May 18 and Nicole was very present at Teresa's birthday party with Dolores and Jennifer I believe and even Danielle uh, Cabral were there so but we haven't seen a lot of Nicole lately right and um, Teresa has a new trainer which is fine I I'm not sure if Nicole was her trainer up until that point anyways but she has trained Teresa in the past right that's all so um I just want to know if Kim is aware because you know she gets the tea and she knows stuff so are Teresa and Nicole Pipas still friends and if they are not does the falling out have to do with either what N Nicole said on the show you know to Melissa or could it be related to the fact that Nicole has, um, well, I'm not going to say controversial because she's entitled to um, support whoever she wants to support politically. But let's say, does it have to do it with her being kind of like vocal politically um, about who she chooses to support for the next election? Because, you know, we talked about Teresa looking allegedly for sponsors for her podcast. So... I could see, you know, you know, certain sponsors not responding very well to like, you know, Teresa having a friendship with someone who's supporting someone that is not super popular right now. Right. Or popular for the wrong reasons, like according to a lot of people. Right. So I'm just saying, like, let's just say infamous, infamous right now. Right. So. Does Kim D have any knowledge of a falling out between Nicole Pipis and Teresa? And if yes, does it have to do with what Nicole said at the bridal shower to Melissa? And if it doesn't have to do with that, does it have to do with the fact that Nicole chooses to support a certain or former president of the next election? Um, and it's Kim D. Because I definitely don't want to sit here all night okay um she's here to shine a light on please welcome kim d hi kim d okay. hello how are you hi hi it's nice to meet you finally i met you well here's the deal there's a lot of speculation about what went on that night okay and how this man surfaced Teresa is vehement and passionate that she had nothing to do with this I'm just curious your input on can i start out no no, no you cannot he's asking me a question okay okay, 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 okay. okay. I'm sorry. you know what was Teresa's involvement in this what was she this is a tough question to answer she did not know that this man is going to mention anything about melissa's past did she know, now we've talked about this, so please be honest. Did she know they were gonna do something to Melissa and she didn't try to stop it? 
try to stop it. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Hold on. Before okay, you well, answer, wait a minute. Before you answer that, hold on. That's I'm, a good question. Before you answer that. Yes. I'm going to apologize to you. Thank what you. I said to you that night. I was looking for a guy named Angelo. Right. And, and if my wife was a stripper, okay. But Angelo was a man that was lying. That's why I went to go look for him. And I'm going to apologize to you. You're someone's mother. Well, I appreciate that apology because okay? I, and, and I was I was furious. and appalled by, you know, I really was. You're doing someone's dirty work. And I don't know what you have against us. We didn't do anything to you. Well, I'm, no, I'll, I'll say it. Something happened in my business with Melissa. She promoted another place that has the same spelling as me. And I was annoyed. I was annoyed. People at the salon said, oh, by the way, my friends, they owned a, a club and Melissa used to work there. Bingo. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm a little revengeful. So when I got this news, I called Teresa. I asked her to come to the salon with me. I've asked Teresa to do many things with me, and she comes with me. She doesn't question why. Now, we all can agree it was a setup. No, we can agree. Now, I don't, wouldn't call well, it a setup. I would just say it was convenient. I was working at the salon for only I would say it was convenient. And it happened. I would say it was convenient. Melissa, unfortunately for people, things fall in my lap. I'm sorry. They fall in my lap. Kim, Kim. You know I like you. I like you too, Caroline. You know you and I talk straight all the time. Always. Always. I have always. never lied to you, and I always right. tell you when you're acting shit, we had a conversation that night. Right. Look at the fashion eye, show? After the fashion show. Okay. Kim, what did you tell us? I don't, rem I don't remember the conversation. Honestly, I'm going to no. say I don't remember the conversation. You told us that Teresa, no. I never, listen. Did she know something was going to go down? Yes. Did she know exactly what was going to go down? No. Did she know who the target was? Well, the tar she, of course she would know who the target was because she knew I was mad at Melissa. And, she went and that's the only reason why she would know. Thank you, thank you know. very much. That's okay. the reason why she would know. You knew she was going to be the target no. and you went with her anyway. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Everybody knew yeah, but me. After it was yeah. I found out yeah, I was right. texting her. That's why you're texting the whole time at the fashion show. Jacqueline, who was texting you during the show? I can't say. Oh, they don't. You can't say? Because I still hang out with her. It's a very good friend of hers. It's what? It's friends of Teresa's? It is. It is. Bring her on the show. It is. Bring her on the show. You will kill her. Who is it? I want to know. I don't want you to know. Okay, I'm going to get back to uh, that part and play another audio clip after this, but I'm just going to ask my two little questions um, when it comes to the little audio that I just played, okay, because it was already like four minutes long. So uh, it's a little bit of a silly question, but I always wondered that. So um, Kim D alludes to Melissa supporting another business with the same spelling as hers. Uh, which business are we talking about? Uh, who did Melissa support, right? And was that a real story? Is it something that was kind of like 
fed by production or is it a real story that Kim D has with Melissa? And what is the deal with Melissa? Because um, from what we've seen on the show, Melissa has never really done anything to Kim D in particular. So what's the beef with Melissa? Okay, so two questions there. And also another question that I have is, um, you know, Teresa says to Jacqueline, you were texting the whole night. And then Jacqueline says that she was texting her friend. And then Teresa is asking, uh, who's the friend? And then Jacqueline says, you will kill her. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you because you'll be very mad. So I want to ask Kim D, who was the friend that Jacqueline was texting under the table at the posh fashion show at San Cubano? And uh, that was very close to Teresa as well. And is Teresa still friends with that person today? For a living. We all got to do what we got to do. But at the time, Teresa and I were in cahoots together. And Teresa knew I stuck up for her. She didn't know that Angelo was going to show up, but she certainly met him at the hair salon. Right. And she didn't. Yeah. You know, so I had her back at the time. It was what was. Honestly, didn't have a problem with Melissa. I really didn't. But I'm on a show. I'm there to do kind of a job. I don't lie. It was the truth. And, you know, it made for good TV at the time. In retrospect, do I wish that I could have been nicer? Yeah, but, you know, I probably would have done it again because that's just what I did, you know, for the show. But with that said, I believe Melissa text Joe. It was a posh fashion show, so she knew something was going down. So when Joe, when, when Joe came, they told me, bravo, walk outside. Mm. They, I walked outside. They closed the door. Their bodyguard stood there. My son was trying to get out because he knew something was wrong. They wouldn't let him out. And Joe just went crazy. And, and I, I, for, I have six-inch heels. I have them in the other room that I saved. It was a cobblestone street. I was not drunk. I had a couple of drinks. But you're walking on six-inch heels. He's really tiny. Okay, this one is not a question. It's just uh, one of my listeners asked me to clarify something that... Um, was said on um, the podcast, uh, the recent podcast that Kim D gave an interview on last week. Um, she was basically kind of like explaining um, the whole thing. Like one of the questions that one of the girls had for Kim D at that point was um, it had to do with, um, you know, season four at the, the at the finale, right? And um, Teresa's sort of like involvement in the whole thing. And then Kim D... Um, was very vague about the whole thing, right? She kind of put it more on production and was like, yeah, it was kind of just like set up by production to do things like this or like that. And um, I just wanted to provide that listener who asked me if, you know, Kim had ever said otherwise, right? If she um, said something about Teresa that differed than the information she gave on that podcast last week. So I just thought I would share the recording with that, with you and the listeners, uh, with the listener who had that question, because, um, yes, that was Kim D a couple years ago on the Heather McDonald show, Juicy Scoop. And, uh, she was basically saying that Teresa knew the whole thing. And I've said this multiple times. It's not a secret. Kim D has said this ever since she left the show. She has been adamant that Teresa knew, right? Teresa knew the entire thing. She knew Melissa was going to get set up. She knew the who, the what, the why, the when. She knew everything, right? So um, that was just Kim D basically a couple of years ago 
saying to Heather that Teresa knew everything and that Kim D lied um, to Caroline and to Jacqueline and to Andy to protect her friend at the time, right? So she took the fall for Teresa. And uh, although Teresa knew that Kim was lying for her, um, so, so yeah, I just wanted to say that because now, you know, with the whole thing that is going on with this whole reckoning and like everybody wants to accuse, like, and I'm not saying that it's not true, right? Of course, like I'm sure production plays, um, a role, um, you know, when it comes to, um, the, a reality TV show, like, I guess we always knew that production had some sort of involvement with, um, with the cast, right? I guess what we underestimated was how much that involvement was, right? And it seems like at times, like they can do things that are not really like ethical or like not necessarily ethical, but I would say that, you know, the lines are very blur, right? Let's just say that like that. So, um, but now with that whole reckoning thing, right, this whole movement that is started, um, it feels like a lot of people want to come out of the woodwork and really say that production is doing like something really wrong behind the scenes. And it's kind of funny to hear that now Kim is, you know, she's talking more about production and you know, she could have sued, um, you know, I think one of the fundraisers that she had at some point in time, I think she said that um, production hid her keys or something or locked the doors. And, you know, that was like something done by production, right? So more and more we're hearing stories like this. I Maybe people feel more comfortable talking about that now that there's this reckoning thing. But um in the in the in the prior years people were not necessarily accusing production they were just basically saying that hey you know i just you know i just did that on my own production had nothing to do with it kind of thing right so i just wanted to find that little audio clip it's not a question for kim d it's just to respond to that listener uh who wanted to know exactly uh what kim d said on the on uh, the other interviews or podcasts that she were that she was on over the years okay Okay, last but not least, you know, there has been a lot of speculations over the years and it's not that it's something that is, it's not hot tea, that's why it's at the end uh, of this episode, but I came across something online that I really wanted to share with you guys because we have heard so many things over the years when it comes to what happened between Caroline Menzo and Dina Kenton, formerly known as Dina Menzo, when it comes to the feud, okay? So I'm just going to play a recording. And again, it has to do with Kim D. Kim D is everywhere. <laughs> like I said, you know, um, Kim D has been everywhere over the years. She has given a lot of interviews, but um, this one I want you guys to pay particular attention to because I think that she recaps the situation very well and then I'm just going to let you know my findings, okay? So here's the recording. Teresa made a comment that when Caroline Manzo, Dina Manzo, and Jacqueline Larita were on the show, they did not air any of their dirty laundry and that's what she, she gives them credit for that. She gives them credit for that. That is not true. That is not true. So let me go with first season. Let's go with first season. Does everyone remember when Caroline Manzo is breaking down, crying, carrying on and making these crazy faces like, <laughs> you know what you did. At the reunion? 
Yeah. Danielle. Okay. So, what Danielle did was Dina's daughter was underage at the time. And Dina's daughter filmed with her. Dina's daughter is a lovely girl. And Dina has an ex-husband. So both parents are supposed to sign. And Dina didn't ask the father to sign. I don't know how she got around it or whatever. But Danielle reaches out to the ex-husband and tells the ex-husband how Dina did this undermined thing with getting the daughter on without his not with, you know, his okay, blah, blah, blah. And you should try to get custody, you know, something really crazy like that. And that was the deep, dark secret where Dina had told Caroline, I do not want you mentioning this. And I don't want you to say this. But guess what? Tap, tap, tap on the shoulder because the reunion wasn't going so well from the producers. And Caroline starts crying, carrying on, screaming, you know what you did. So, Teresa, please, just please, please, please. Maybe Joe Gorga and Melissa had an agenda and they spilled their guts, but they still didn't say all the truths about you and the dogs and all the nonsense that really went on behind the scenes and vice versa. Teresa knows a lot about Joe and about his dirty dealings, and she didn't come out because it's embarrassing to the family. So stop reunion. Dina and Caroline were not close anymore because of that. That was the initial beef because Dina was blown away that Caroline would do that. Okay. So that is, that's all. Like Teresa likes to hear herself talk when it comes to that stuff. So what she wanted to do is build up the Manzos and the, um, and the Loretas, which I love Jacqueline. I love her because she had nothing to do with this. To, to put her, like Joe and Melissa down, like you brought out our dirty laundry, but at least they didn't know. Not true. Not true. So I, have Teresa. Of, I have a lot of questions about this. This is okay. actually interesting to you. Sometimes, it is very good. Sometimes when I you told... tell your stories, Kim, I, you know, I say, hey, you guys enjoy. I don't know what, but this one actually kind of interests me. I mean, Carlos King under the table, handing cop without a badge to Danielle was also. And that story intrigued me as well. But wow. Okay, so wait, is this, so Dina's, Lexi's, is Lexi's father the same one that allegedly just beat up Dina's husband, the current no. husband? And, no. Oh, it's someone different. Lexi's father was Dina's original husband. Dina was married before. Had Lexi. Got and divorced. Then, and got divorced. And then she um, wound up with Tommy Manzo. And now she's with her husband. And Tommy Manzo's what? Like one of the boys, if you know what I mean? Well, we don't know he, for sure. He is allegedly connected with the boys. Allegedly. You know. I'm not saying anything other than allegedly, because guess what? Allegedly, because you know what? Listen, There's only I, one one river here, one bridge will get Tommy into my house, and I ain't yeah, doing here, that. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Thing. I, um, my name of my book is my... Okay, so... We have talked about this before, okay? If you are a regular on the podcast, you know we've talked about it. You can go back and listen to my previous episodes on uh, the, uh, the um, Podbean or wherever else you like to listen to your podcast, and it's on there. But if you're new, I'm going to do a quick summary, and then I'm going to let you know uh, about my findings, okay? So, um what Kim D says, and Kim D is not the only person who has said this, by the way, you know, it's been out there. 
regarding the feud between Caroline and Dina and why, right? Um, I was just able to find a recording of Kim D talking about it because I knew for a fact that she spoke on that as well, right? So what Kim D says in that recording is that... Um, Dina was married before, which we knew, right? She was married to another gentleman. That is not Tommy Menzel. I can't remember the name of the gentleman, but I'm pretty sure it's um, it's available online, right? And um, her first husband is also, um, you know, her daughter Lexi's father, okay? So at some point in time, um, I think it was season two, episode... It was in the earlier, like the early episodes of season two. Okay, we see Danielle get out of her car, Danielle Staub, get out of her Range Rover, and then she walks into a salon, a nail salon called Nisha uh, Nails and Spa. And then um, Danielle goes at the back and she goes for a pedicure and she talks to a woman named, I think her name is either Rosie or Rosa, I can't remember, right? But Danielle says, while she's sitting in the chair, she says that Rosie or Rosa always has the last gossip, the last scoop in town, right? Because obviously she works as a nail technician at the salon, people talk, so obviously she would know what is going on in the town, right? So, um, one thing that I have to say is um, the owner of that nail salon happens to be Dina's um, ex-husband's business, okay? So, the man that she was married to, her first husband, owned I don't know if he still owns it, but he owned it at the time, okay? Nisha Nails. And I believe, don't quote me on this, okay? Uh, I'm not quite sure, but it's possible that, that that woman that Danielle is talking to, I'm not sure if that's um, that man's sister. It could be. You know, sometimes they don't tell us, like on TV, like production, you just put someone's name and they just said, oh, this is Rosa. Uh, it could be that gentleman's sister, right? It's very possible because he does have a sister and that detail is important. I'm just not sure if that woman who's doing the nails, you know, Danielle's nails is in fact the sister, but could be, right? So anyways, Danielle, she sits in the chair and she says that the first time in her confessional, right? She says the first time she met Dina Manzo or Dina, I'm sorry, I should say, um, Dina was working, uh, in stock. She was stocking shells at Nisha Nails. And then she was also, um, a, a nail technician there. And then Danielle says, I'm not going to judge. I'm not one to judge, but she says it really like sarcastically, right? To the producer in her confessional. So, Again, we know that things get diced and spliced by production. So was Danielle just saying it like that? Or was she alluding to the fact, or was she basically saying to the producer, listen, basically Dina, she was, you know, she was working here and she started from the bottom and then she ended up like marrying this gentleman that became her husband. I think that's what Danielle was trying to say in her confessional, right? But who cares? People do that all the time, even if they end up marrying someone that is older and, you know, that has a little bit more money. I guess that's what she was trying to say about Dina at the time, right? That's not really relevant. But 
I just wanted to say that a lot of people remember what Kimdi's talking about in that video, um, season one at the reunion, Caroline, um, you know, she made this big deal, right? She said to Danielle, what you did was so disgusting. What you did was so disgraceful. You are garbage. You will never be a friend of mine. Um, and then Dina, cause you know, Dina is like sitting there looking at Caroline and you could tell, I never really noticed this before. Like I'm saying like years ago, like years, years ago when it first aired, I never really paid attention to Dina's face, but I went and rewatched and Dina, she is sitting there on the chair and she's looking at Caroline and she's actually telling Caroline, Caroline, stop. Like, Caroline, I don't want you to talk about that. And she's like, Caroline, like, please, like, don't talk about it. Like, she's begging Caroline not to bring it up, right? And uh, Caroline, she doesn't bring it up, but she basically says it without saying it, right? She's making this big scene and this big deal. And then she breaks down crying and she looks at Danielle and she points her finger at her. And she's like, what you did is so disgraceful, despicable, disgusting. You are garbage. What you did to my family, I will never forgive you. You'll never be a friend of mine. So, you know, it's normal as the viewer to be like, what the heck? You know, what did Danielle do? What did Danielle do? Right? <laughs> like, especially after the book. And then like Andy's like talking about the book and everything that is in the book you're thinking what did Danielle do and then Dina doesn't want to talk about it either and Dina you could tell that she doesn't look happy and she's very pensive and very like in her thoughts in that instance right so anyways so whatever Kim D said in that video um I, I can agree with and I can support and just be like yes you know this is true this is definitely part of the falling out between the sisters because Caroline did not um, respect her baby sister Dina's wishes to uh, wish to not, you know, talk about something so sensitive. Okay. And that thing was that Danielle basically um, said to, okay, so at the beginning I said that Danielle um, knows she's actually good friends. And I've heard Danielle say that out of her own mouth years ago. Danielle is, or was good friends with Dina's first, um, husband's uh, sister. So basically, um, Dina's former sister-in-law, Danielle was friends with her, like good friends. Right. And I guess that, you know, because Danielle and Dina were not getting along and Danielle was talking to this, the, the, the sister, right. The sister was probably like, Oh, how come her kid is even on TV? Like my brother doesn't even have any knowledge of, you know, this show and her appearing on the show. Cause I think that, you know, Dina's first husband at the time, he didn't live, um, in, uh, like he wasn't in New Jersey, he was in Greece or Cyprus, right? So he didn't know what was going on with um, Dina's kid at the time. So I guess Danielle explained to the sister how things work. And it's like, well, he must know about it because, you know, she's a minor and in order for her to appear on TV, he has to sign. And Danielle would know because Danielle also had two daughters and she was getting through a divorce with, you know, that Christine and Jillian's dad and they were minors at the time. So Danielle, you know, she, she, she probably knew from experience that 
you know, both signatures were required um, to have the kid um, appear on the show, right? And we know that that's true because even, you know, if we want to cross over in Atlanta, the same thing happened to Kenya. At first, she was able to show uh, baby uh, Brooklyn. And then another season when she was feuding with Mark, she was not allowed to show baby Brooklyn. And now I think Mark is okay with that. So now we can see baby Brooklyn again, right? So whenever one parent doesn't, you know, give the consent, I guess, you know, the, the kid cannot film if they are underage or not of a certain age, right? So anyways so danielle had the conversation with the sister and i guess the sister um went back to the brother and said you know your kid is appearing on a reality show uh you don't have any knowledge of that and you should do something about this right so now the whole thing about the whole dramatics of caroline being like what you did was so disgraceful like basically implying that danielle was trying to have dina's child taken away from her because she was considered an unfit mom i don't know if i believe all that i don't have the proof of that and i'm like that sounds a little bit more sensational than what it was i really do believe that danielle definitely had a conversation with the sister who happened to be her friend and just told her yeah well you know you should tell your brother that you know she's having the kid on a reality show like without his knowledge i think that that's what it was i don't think she was trying to fight for dina to lose custody of lexi but that's just my opinion right so anyways, so basically what they've been saying all over the years was Dina was unhappy with Caroline's decision to just talk about it on the show and felt betrayed. And because she felt betrayed by that, um, eventually, you know, she just decided that she didn't want to do the show anymore. Right. So people have always been, including myself, under the impression that Dina uh, Kenton, formerly known as Menzo, left the show by herself. Like, you know, that was like her own doing. She wanted to leave the show. Okay. But then I was looking at a comment online and I had to go down in the archives. People like really like, you know, we're talking about 2000 and 10 2011 like i had to look for that information and uh, i came across a very interesting comment and there's two parts to the comment i'm just going to read you the first part okay because the second part is a little bit nasty and you you guys know i don't do that so i'm not even going to talk about that but the first part is interesting okay so the person says dina was fired from the show for forging her ex-husband's signature for permission to have Lexi on the show. When Bravo found out what she did, they had no choice but to fire her. If they would have covered her lie, that could have been a major lawsuit. So they killed her off saying that she couldn't stand to be on the show with that other blank blank Danielle when her sister and brother didn't walk off with her she disowned them both and not to mention the other brother that got married on the show 
So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that because what has been out there up until this point, I believe, was always that Dina left the show because she couldn't stand the drama. Like, obviously, that's the story they gave us on the show. And we know that those storylines are not always exactly accurate and a reflection of the real situation behind the scenes, right? So that I knew. However, the main narrative was always that Dina left the show, right? I never considered, I have to be honest, myself, I had never considered that Dina might have been fired from the show. And I will explain this, uh, why I thought that this was interesting. Up until this point, I never really understood why Dina was mad at Caroline. Yes, I understood that, okay, this whole thing that Caroline didn't respect Dina and went against her wishes and all of that, I get that part. But to be so mad at your sister for so long, uh, and I'm not talking about the recent incidents that took place back in 2017 with her new you know, husband and the, the home invasion. I'm not talking about that because that had not happened at that point in time. I'm going all the way back to the beginnings. So for the people that want to come in the comments and tell me something about Dina, I'm not talking about the robbery. I'm not talking about the home invasion. I'm talking about the very beginning, season one when Dina was still married with Tommy, okay? So I just want to say that um, it never really made sense to me that Dina was mad with Caroline for so long and also mad with Jacqueline for so long. And Dina, if you guys recall, was also mad with Teresa for so long. So, and they all admitted to that, right? Dina, even on her own podcast, says it to Teresa. Dina does. She says, I was mad at you at some point in time, right? So now to me, it sort of makes sense because if Dina, because the thing is, if Dina walked off on her own and was just like, F it, I don't want to do this show anymore. I have enough. And then she just resigns and leaves the show. Um, you know, that's her decision. So it wouldn't really make sense for her to expect other people to walk off with her, right? But if Dina was fired from the show, then it would make sense for Dina to feel like, okay, like you guys are going to let them do this to me. Like you better support me and you better walk off with me. You Caroline, you Teresa, you Jacqueline, you Chris, right? And the reason why I think this a little bit is because Dina initially, she was the one who actually put the cast together, right? Um, you know, the producers came, they went to Chateau, they asked if they knew any of the ladies that lived behind the gates, and then the owners of Chateau recommended um, Dina. And then Dina, from there, she put the cast together. She asked Teresa, she asked Caroline, and then she asked Dolores. And then at some point in time, I don't know what happened with Dolores. I think it's in that book, but Dolores did something or said something at um, the initial interview with the producers and whatever she said got misconstrued and it, it got back to her and then she was kind of mad about it and she was like, you know what, I'm not doing this show, right? So Danielle was cast as well, right? As part of the show, Jacqueline was friendly with Danielle and she um, talked to Danielle about it and she accepted uh, to, to film, right? But anyways, so Dina probably has some, she probably feels, um, you know, protective or like she she may feel like she put this cast together you know um the initial crew of the real housewives of new jersey so maybe at the time she was thinking well you know since i put this whole cast together 
um, you guys better back me up and walk off with me because if it wasn't for me, there would be no show, right? And um, if you really think about it, the first season, it was really about Dina and Danielle. It wasn't about anybody else. It's like, yeah, Caroline and her one-liners, that's great. But, you know, she wasn't the star of the show. Teresa, she was really not the star until she flipped that table. Like, she was just the silly friend who was over the top and her stage mom with her kids. She was good TV, but, you know, we barely saw her, really, like, that much, right? The main focus was Dina and her feud with Danielle, really, the first season. And if you look at the opening, Dina is front and center she's in the middle like she she was supposed to be i guess the queen right and karen is like at the far end like you know she's not even like close to dina she's at the end so it's very possible that caroline um because kim d she says that you know caroline got the tap 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 and basically production told her you better do something because this is boring and then caroline decided to bring that up right but it's also very possible that Caroline, and I'm just speculating because I'm looking at it from a different set of eyes, right? It's possible that Caroline might have just wanted to throw her sister under the, bu under the bus a little, right? Maybe Caroline felt like, hey, you know what? I didn't care about this show, but now that I'm on it, like I kind of feel like, you know, I want the attention too. And this is my baby sister, and now I need to kind of like you know, reclaim my position as the big sister and make this a little bit about me too, right? So maybe it was a little bit of a calculated move from Caroline's part to go against Dina at that point and speak on that subject because she was maybe, you know, maybe a little bit like territorial, <laughs> you know, maybe a little bit of sibling rivalry. And, you know, I think I've heard Dina say this uh, over the years. She also said, you know, I was always the poor sister. I was always the sister that was like, you know, working my butt off and like really not really getting a lot for it and all that stuff while everybody else was established. So, you know, as long as you're the poor sister, everybody kind of feels sorry for you, rallies like around you and, you know, wants, wants the best for you. But as soon as you start to come up and you start driving nice cars and nice purses, nice shoes, and you start to have a little bit of status, then, you know, things start to change, right? So it's possible. It's very possible that Caroline did that just because she was just like, no, 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 no. You're not going to outdo me. Like, let me show you what I'm about as well, right? It's possible. So, you know, earlier on, um, I had a question for Kim D and I was talking about the whole spoofing thing. And uh, I found in the archives something that I had completely forgotten about. And it had to do with, uh, you know, back then people were super active on Twitter. It wasn't like what it is today where people are a bit, like a bit more, you know, careful and um, curated or, you know, like people have their PR team and all of that. Now it wasn't really like that back in 2010, 2011, right? And uh, the reason why I talk about this poo thing is because, um, at some point in time, I think Dina tweeted something. And then Caroline's account uh, responded something like, oh, let it go, or just like get a life or something around those lines, like get let it go, get a life or something like that. And then a half an hour later, Lauren Menzo went on Twitter and said, oh, my mom's account got hacked. And Whoever wrote that last tweet um, was not my mom. It was probably the hacker, right? 
So there was a lot of speculations back then that people were saying it's probably Jacqueline because, you know, Jacqueline and Dina, they didn't really get along, right? They did, they never really got along really um, before the show. And I, I truly believe that. That's my opinion. Dan Danielle has said it. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that, that Jacqueline was feeding Danielle things about Dina and vice versa. I think that she was feeding Dina things about Danielle. So Dina didn't like Danielle. And then I feel like, you know, Jacqueline was feeding uh, Danielle things about Dina. So Dean, uh, Danielle didn't like Dina. I feel like Jacqueline has done this over and over the years. And even between Teresa and Melissa, and even between, you know, even Kim D said, Jacqueline told me Teresa was speaking behind, like talking behind my back. So, you know, like people like to say Jacqueline is sweet. I don't know her like that. But she always kind of gave me the vibes of being like a little bit like on the two-faced side of things. But that's just my opinion, right? So anyways, when it comes to that whole Dina thing, people have alluded that Jacqueline was the one behind the account writing. Like, because, you know, if the security for passwords, it was probably not like as high as it is today. So people were alluding that it was probably easy to guess whatever Dina's Twitter or Caroline's Twitter password could be. Um, and that maybe Jacqueline was the hiker and kind of wrote something um, on Caroline's uh, Twitter account uh, directed at Dina and all of that. So I don't know, but I thought that this was a very interesting theory. I never considered that Dina may have been fired from the show. And then people would, would would probably be like, well, Stella, like Kim D never said that. She she said on she said that Dina left that she was upset. But I understand that. But the thing is, I don't think Kim D would be at like would have the liberty to say that Dina was fired, especially if Kim D is trying to get back uh, on the show or trying to keep a relationship with the network. Right. The same thing about Carlos King. Like he will never go and say. Um, you know, Dina was fired from the show, even though he's no longer with Bravo, but I'm, I'm sure there's still certain terms of, you know, the stuff that he knows that he cannot disclose. Like, I'm pretty sure there's like that kind of arrangement somewhere. Right. And, um, you know, so I wouldn't expect these people to actually come out and say, um, yeah, she was fired if they're trying to have a relationship with a network or any network or at all. Like, you know, they still want to be in the industry. So it's very important to not burn your bridge bridges, you know, with other networks. Right. So I get that. But I'm not affiliated with Bravo or NBC or anything like that. So I can speak on my little theories and talk about uh, that comment. But I thought it was very interesting and it would make sense that if Dina was fired from the show, that she would be upset, that she would be upset with the rest of the cast for not supporting her, right? And just letting Bravo get rid of her, um, you know, with the whole signature thing with Lexi and all of that, right? All of those things are alleged, by the way, but Danielle has spoken on that as well. So I feel like do I have to say alleged at this point? Because she talked about that many years ago and gave the story, right? So, and obviously it would have been a huge liability for Bravo to try to defend Dina at that point, right? Because they could have been liable for, I don't know, not doing their due diligence when it comes to having a minor on the show, right? So anyways, 
that's all I have for today, guys. My gosh, it was a lot. Thank you so much. Who knew that this little thing that I used to do when I was a kid, you know, I used to talk to myself. My mom used to look at me like I was nuts and she would be like, why are you talking to yourself? You know, that's the <laughs> Who knew? Who knew it would pay off that I would be able to carry a whole conversation with myself for like over an hour and a half. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in, your comments, your support, your shares, your DMs. Um, you know, I have the Substack too. I put my thoughts on there as well. Please subscribe at Housewives Relatable dot substack dot com it is completely free i can't say it enough you can comment on there you can share i'm not saying it's going to be free forever but it's free for now so you can join and uh, you know it's just another aspect of my artistry that you can be a part of okay so guys thank you so much i love you all and as always be a fan not fanatical ciao